Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Comfortably Numb. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Tuesday, July 26th in the year 2022. A lot of things to cover tonight. We're going to be digging in tonight to a framework of the cult and this kind of brain-dead existence so many people are having right now in our country. And all of this really is a setting the foundation of some knowledge for tomorrow night's interview that we'll be having, and I've just recorded, in fact, with Dr. Tao Braun. A fantastic interview. It's, I think you'll be, really enjoy it. He is a clinical psychologist that specializes in integrated psychology, and is his one of his main specialties is mass shootings. So I think you'll find it very informative and he gets deeply, we, we get deeply into the concept of a mass psychosis and COVID. So tonight we're going to kind of set the conditions for tomorrow night's show. Now, before we begin, Patriots, you know, I love coffee. You know, we have our own line of coffee, which is Expedition Coffee, which is a health coffee that goes along with a variety of other health products. But I'm also just like to drink coffee because I like the flavor, and of course, I like the caffeine. Now, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is our landing page on the MyPillow store, and there's all sorts of amazing savings there. We've got great savings right now on mattresses and pillows and sheets, the most comfortable sheets you'll ever have, including the summer sheets, which you need to check those out. Those are down as low as $39.99. I just got a set. They're fantastic. Super light and comfortable. But my pillow also has what's called my store. So if you will type in mystore.com forward slash bards, and guess what you're going to discover? You're going to discover my coffee right up there on top and a bunch of other fantastic products, including the Prince of the Lion of Judah, Freedom Flags, a variety of other things. These are all American made products. But right now, I'm just focusing in on the my coffee, which I just got mine. And I've tried it. And you should know me. I'm a bit of a coffee snob. And I'm going to tell you, for a daily drinking coffee, especially a guy that roasts his own, this is an outstanding coffee. I was very impressed. So you can get over, go on over there to MyPillow.com. And if you use your same promo code, I'm sorry, MyStore.com forward slash Bards, MyStore.com forward slash Bards, and use your same promo code, Bards, B-A-R-D-S. That's not a hard one to remember, especially since this is Bards FM. And you use your same promo code, and you're going to get 25% off on the coffee. And they've got a couple different sizes. I decided to go full in and got the two-pounders, and I got a two-pounder of the medium and a two-pounder of the dark. They're just fantastic coffees. And I grind my coffee really fine, which is I do it because I really want to see how, how it will hold up as an espresso. And it has held up beautifully. When I say that, it's like not all coffees do well when you put them as espresso. You get the real flavor. It squeezes everything out. And you're like, some of the coffees you don't want to do that. This is a great coffee. It's organic. It's beautifully roasted, very fresh. 
The aroma is fantastic. So check it out. Go to mystore.com forward slash bards. I can't even talk tonight. Forward slash bards. That is our new Bards Nation's landing page on the My Store site. So we've got a Bards Nation landing page on mypillow.com where that's where you're going to get all those sleep products, your pillows, your sheets, your your comforters, your mattresses, all those fantastic products. And then, of course, you're going to say to yourself, but I love coffee, which means you won't be sleeping as much. And so when you do sleep, you're going to need to sleep really well. And so you can drink your coffee, your My Coffee coffee, keep yourself up real late, and then those few hours of sleep that are left, because you have to get ready to go to work in the morning or whatever, then you'll be able to sleep comfortably on your my pillow, and you won't even notice a difference. You'll get all more, you'll get more productivity out of your day than you've ever imagined. <laughs> this is like feeding an addiction, is what this is. So head on over to mystore.com forward slash bards and check out mypillow.com forward slash bards. Two great landing pages for a great company with great products and my coffee is good. So check out my coffee at, at my, at the, my, I can't even speak my forward slash bards. Check out my coffee. It's right there on top. Can't miss it. 25% off with your promo code bards. And here's the other thing. If you want to speak to a real live person, as always, you can call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. And I believe now we're going to have to change their title from Patriot Pillow Counselor to Patriot Pillow Coffee Counselor. But anyway, they're on standby, ready to help you. All right, Patriots. So let's start with a couple of things. One thing we have been talking about that is coming is definitely food shortages and it's food shortages in a different way. So we, we have talked about the shortages of what's on the shelf, but what we haven't talked a lot about is with the increase in inflation and we're really at hyperinflation right now, food shortages are going to be shortages in the home for lack of money to buy. This is going to be a very difficult time for our nation. It's going to be a real awakening to our nation. Just so I say it, nobody in this country should ever go hungry. But in our world of selfishness, in our world of hoarding, in our world of everything has to have a massive dollar cost and no one cares the consequence of that, we have a lot of people starving, especially young kids. School lunch programs are inadequate. Many families don't have money to put money on the table or food on the table. And they cast their children out to be fed at school. And the schools don't have the resources. Many children go without breakfast every morning. And they learn to live off of fewer meals than the average. And this shouldn't be happening in the United States. Now, I want you to listen to this piece. This is 30 seconds of an event that happened in a grocery store. This is a very well-dressed mother with a very well-dressed child in her side. And she is caught stealing food. Take a listen to this conversation. Actually, it's more than a conversation. It's a little bit of an emotional breakdown. But take a listen. Oh, shit. Hey, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. It's cool. It's good, it's good. My son is hungry. No. Shit. Wait, what is what do you want? No. My son, but my son is hungry. How, how much is it? I'm gonna I don't care. I'm gonna how much take is it? it? How much is it? I'm gonna take it. Hey, I'll pay for my it. I'll pay for it. My son is hungry. I'll pay for it. He's hungry. We can pay for everything for me today. What will a mother do for her child? This mother was willing to steal groceries to feed her child. Patriots, this is the new normal in America. And don't think this is going to be an exception. In the cities and even in rural communities, this is what's going to happen. 
And this is my answer to this. I don't seek to have a welfare state, but I'm telling you in this interim period where we're trying to get our senses back as a nation, put us back on a moral base, we have to stop playing with the cult, which is what's in power, and we have to start acting like Christians and loving our neighbor. That guy that filmed this, hat tip to him, whoever he is, because he was literally, as you heard him, he was willing to pay for the groceries. And God bless him. We need a lot more of that in America right now. You know, the thing that irritates me so much about our nation is we are always willing to help every soul in the world except ourselves. One of my biggest criticisms of the church is they're always willing to send missionary people all over the damn world, but no one wants to do the hard work here at home. We are in the greatest need right now of on-the-ground missionary work, on-the-ground good neighbor work, on-the-ground being good Christians, helping others work than ever before. No other nation needs it more than we do right now. So pay attention to that because the left that we're dealing with is a cult. Let's just look at what a cult is. In modern English, a cult is a social group that is defined by its unusual religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs and rituals or its common interest in a particular personality, object, or goal. The sense of the term is controversial, having divergent definitions both in popular culture and academia, and has also been an ongoing source of contention among scholars across several fields of study. The word cult is usually considered pejorative. The older sense of the word cult involves a set of religious devotional practices that are conventional within their culture are related to a particular figure, and are often associated with a particular place. The references to cult of a particular Catholic saint or the imperial cult of ancient Rome, for example, use this sense of the word. Well, here's what's happened. The cult is centered around religious devotional practices. That doesn't mean religious in terms of Christ and God all the time. And it is definitely unusual religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs. Well, all you have to do is look to this progressive movement and realize what you're looking at here is a cult. And what's even worse is that in the nature of COVID, we have seen a mass psychosis settling on the world. world. This impact of fear, which has overwhelmed people, you've had an overrunning of adrenaline and dopamine in the body, which changes the brain chemistry. You have the lack of oxygen by the cult of mask zombies. And all of these things combined stress people to such a degree that they hit a point of mass psychosis, literally a cognitive snap. And I've talked about this before. What ends up happening is that the subconscious, which is trying to rectify and balance the ship, is trying to right the ship on a line of truth, can't can't right the ship and the body keeps getting overrun with the chemicals the neurochemicals and the, the body takes an emergency step to save the body and the subconscious in simple terms accepts the new alternate reality as the new normal and then everything lines up within the conscious mind and the body's neurochemistry calms down. So it's a saving act. It's an act of saving the body is what it is. So you end up with a cognitive snap. 
a complete pivot from reality to an alternate reality, which is what the progressive left does. And then the progressive left layers that in their whole thinking, which is now institutionalized in our government. It's institutionalized in our corporations. It's institutionalized in our universities and our schools, what they refer to as common core, which basically tells you it's a common core is an extension of the new age movement which is basically saying that there is no such thing, which is postmodernism, which there is no such thing as a fixed truth. There's no such thing as singular truth. So everything is possible as long as it is about me. My reality is as valid as your reality. If you're a pedophile and I'm not, your reality as a pedophile is just as valid as mine and I can't judge you. So as they stress, they've, they've prepped this thing for years and they've brought us to this point where the society was ready and susceptible with all this pre-programming with movies and films for a pandemic, and that trigger response that was in people's head opened the door for one of the most massive brainwashing campaigns ever in the history of humankind. And there was literally a cognitive snap, a psychosis, mass psychosis that sets in over the society, and they accept a direction of an unreality as the new reality. And it gets reinforced because in this new reality, which has been prepped, it's not like it was foreign. It was just like making the foundations for it. They step in and it's like, oh, yeah, welcome here. This is good because you don't have to worry about being judged. Anything you believe is valid. As long as you believe certain key elements in our world and you agree to those, you can do anything you want. So as long as you agree to wear a mask, as long as you agree that the pandemic is real, as long as you agree that COVID is a killer, as long as you agree that the vaccine is the only choice, as long as you agree that in the hospitals, people are, are dying of COVID, it's horrible because it's a, plan, it's a pandemic, you're okay. You can do what you need. And oh, by the way, you might want to believe as well that everybody else is wrong and evil and we're going to reinforce that with messaging, which you're going to accept because we're going to tell you that those people that didn't take the shot, well, they deserve to die. Do you agree with that? And this new reality, people are like, yes, yes, yes. And part of that is a self-saving act because in the body's functioning, it's like if it goes against it, it knows that, again, these brain and neurochemicals are going to go off the chart. That's the cult that has become government and has become a large group of what we call the progressive left. Here's how this cult operates. Here's a, a clip today from Indiana. They were having a anti-abortion rally to talk about the value of saving human life. The left, you can hear very distinctly. It'll come out in the forms of yells and police whistles. It's a very in-depth and very uh, con- contributive conversation as in constructive as you will hear. That's how conversations usually go with a cult. <laughs> they're, they're not very productive, if you didn't notice. That's, uh, I would imagine every one of those people probably has a degree in communication or feminine science or something or other. 
who knows, gender studies. There you go. That's a, that's a, what do you do with that degree? Gender. What, hi, I, I'm a, I'm a gender studies graduate. What, what are you applying for? I don't know, I, but I know that you'll have a job for me because the university gave me a degree, so obviously you have a job for me. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm sure we can do something for you. If you don't, I'm going to sue you for racism. Racism. But you got to get the you got to get the the lisp in there. I'm going to sue you for racism. That's another one of my mysteries that I haven't solved yet in this life, and I don't know if I ever will. How is it? That when they be, when a guy becomes gay, he suddenly gets a lisp. I would really like to know how that happens because I, I don't know. That's amazing to me. You have a normal person comes out of the closet, and the next week he's talking with a lisp. How does that happen? It's a phenomenal experience. Not really, but it's, it's stunning to me. It's like, wow. I don't know. It's like a gene kicks on or something. Well, anyway, we kind of digressed on that one. But here's the deal. The cult behavior is extremely critical to understand because the mentality that we're dealing with right now has built a wall around it that it doesn't want to hear truth. It doesn't want to discuss anything. It's their way or the highway. And if anything comes near them, the reaction you get is very much like the left. It's screaming. It's hollering. It's breaking down. Now, this actually is very interesting because there is something that was called the Milgram Experiment. We're going to talk about it tomorrow night on the show. That's why I wanted to bring it up tonight so you had a little background to it. Now, the Milgram Experiment was a, an experiment of obedience to authority. And it was set up in such a way that and it was set up by Yale University, <laughs> one of the best places ever to develop crazy ideas. And it was run by psychologist Stanley Milgram. What the experiment did is it measured the willingness of study participants, men primarily, in the age range of 20 to 50, from diverse ranges of occupations with varying levels of education, to obey an authority figure who instructed them to perform acts conflicting with their personal conscience. Participants were led to believe that they were assisting an unrelated experiment in which they had to administer electric shocks to a learner, person who was being forced to learn. By the way, these techniques in real life are what are used by Scientology. They do that. They, they call it an, an audit. It's crazy. Anyway, these fake electric shocks gradually increased to levels that would have been fatal had they been real. Now, if you've ever seen the footage from this experiment, it's insane. They had somebody in another room. They have a man in a white coat sitting behind the individual who was at the control board. This individual in the white coat then instructs him to increase the pain. And as people do, they hear screaming from the other room or sometimes nothing, and he's told, well, he's died. The patients are believe, the, the patients, the study subjects, participants, I should say, believe that the, this moment is real. And what this experiment does is it unlocks the willingness of people to violate their moral conscience and do so because an authority figure is giving them instructions. Now, a lot of emphasis has been placed in this experimentation on the actual participants. Very little emphasis in this experiment was looked at or studied as far as the, the figurehead. The person giving the instructions was in a white coat. You hear me say jokingly many times, 
I'm not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat, etc. Well, in fact, there is something to this because we see it on TV when people, they get actors putting on white coats and talking about medicine. And it's like people just register in their head because they're deeply programmed that this guy is a doctor or a girl. No, I guess I can't say that because it offends people. A woman. But anyway, so this experiment was profound in its output and its out- outcomes because it literally showed people's willingness to turn on and do lethal levels of pain, even though that wasn't actually happening. They, they didn't know it wasn't happening, and they were willing to participate in, the, in this act. So they were, the, they were being instructed by a person in a white lab coat to do a certain thing. The authority figure gives them an instruction. They're willing to do it. Why is this important? Because, Patriots, if you look around the way the progressive left cult has been working and what they have done on all of society, this is exactly how it has manifested. You had an individual, his name was Fochi, wearing a white lab coat at enough points in his interviews and in his life instructing society that they had to wear masks and later that they had to take, they had to take a vaccine. A vax that, was, that is now proven to kill many people. And all of that was done because of an obedience to authority. But it gets crazier because that same cult has now... In their head, they believe that those that did not take the injection are worthy of being removed, rounded up, forcefully vaxxed, terminated, all of these things. This is right out of the Milgram experiment. And it's a dangerous part of society as a whole because people ultimately are susceptible to this, typically we would say because they don't have a grounding in faith. But here's the problem. That's not exactly true. It ultimately gets down to people being unable to stand on their own without feeling like they have to please the group and the authority figure. That gets down to very primitive programming when they're youthful. And that's where when you see what's happening with children and, our, and these parents that are taking kids to these indoctrination camps called public schools or children being get, taken to these clubs with transgenders or the transgenders allowing kids to come in and dance on their lap and all the crap. See, that is conditioning a child to be obedient to authority figure. The forced injection of kids, when you've seen these videos of children screaming and say they don't want the injection, the forced injection of that, that is, again, forcing a child to be obedient to authority, whether they want it or not. All of this is conditioning, which is, it's, this Milgram experiment is very well known. And so, like I said, typically you would say, well, it's because they probably didn't have a lot of solid grounding in faith. Well, let's talk about Jim Jones. Because Jim Jones was a leader of the People's Temple. And it was a concept, in the People's Temple, they were promoting a concept of Christian socialism. Jones joined and was ordained in the minister of the Disciples of Christ in 1964. His attraction to the disciples was largely due to the autonomy and tolerance they granted to differing views within the denomination. He ended up, and this temple, by the way, was in California, right in the Bay Area, where I, in San Francisco. Does that surprise you? <laughs> it shouldn't. Pelosi probably attended. She just survived somehow. 
I'm joking. Maybe I'm not, but I think I'm joking. So the uh, the whole cult ends up going as as you will remember the story. They end up in Guyana, Jonestown, Guyana, and they are a they're an end of world apocalyptic cult. Is what they become. The world is going to end. And shortly before, a lot of the investigations revealed Jones' handling of money and a variety of other issues that came about. He serves them up cyanide-laden juice, and they all drink it. And it's a stunning event, which ends up resulting in all of his following committing suicide willfully. See, that's one of the critical aspects of a cult is the building of a psychosis that accepts suicide as the only option. So as they build in, and and part of that is within the cult, there's always some form of abuse. So if you look at the consistent part of the progressive left, most, I will say many of those in the leadership of the progressive left have been abused as children, abused through their life, They go through abusive humiliation rituals. That's the Masonic garbage. And they grow up and they have this belief ultimately that they need to ascend the gods, but it's their way or nothing. And what they've managed to do here under a fake religion, and it's this religion of secularism, the religion ultimately ends up migrating right to Satanism because within the rise of the progressive left, we've now seen this massive rise of satanic church. At the center point to all of that is convincing people of their worthlessness, their value here is temporary, that Winther's job is done, that it really their existence here doesn't matter that much. I can't speak to Jones on that level because what's intriguing about Jones is he had people believing that they were going to, they had to do this to go on to the next level. It's, it's amazing, that, this, that whole effect. But the cult mentality gets in, it targets people that are unable to stand on their own. And so here, uh, technically, they should have seen through this because they were apparently having some relationship in faith, they thought. Their only relationship was their worship of their minister, who was a satanic lord. And as a result, many, many people lost their lives, and they did it willfully. So enter subject number two in tonight's discussion, which is the Tokyo subway sarin attack. See, this is another end-of-world apocalyptic cult. Patriots, if you ever wonder why I hate Revelation worshipers so much, and I do, I'm going to use that word exactly, I cannot stand it. It's because so many end up in this sort of thinking. And there's a very fine line from the Revelation obsessionist and the doomsday cult. Because almost always they end up in a place where the world is going to end and it doesn't matter what they do. And it isn't to say don't read Revelation. It's not to say that not to pay attention to what it is. But when people obsess on it and they try to tell you what's going to happen next and how the world's going to end, they are on the verge of a, of a doomsday cult. Now, this Tokyo subway sarin attack was run, was led by Shoko Asahara. And he led an apocalyptic cult. And that apocalyptic cult 
ended up dropping sarin gas on three lines in the Tokyo Metro during rush hour, killing 13 people and severely injuring over 50. What's interesting is he had built this cult because he said that he had been visited by the god Shiva. And he had been running a yoga-type studio, and he built his cult from there. So this cult saw that in the cult followers believed him that they needed to do something to protect the cult because they were getting the, the Tokyo investigative force was investigating them. So they, he convinced the people that we needed to strike the people because it was the end of the world anyway to bring about an understanding of whatever. And they followed. Again, this is obedient behavior. And it's the danger of dealing with when people get obsessed and they stop to think, they stop having that relationship. And we talk about often this intimate relationship with Christ. It's not someone telling you how to worship. It's you engaging with Christ to learn that worship, to learn that relationship. And it's scripturally grounded. But nowhere in scripture does it ever say commit suicide. I don't know how Jones got him to do that. That's one of the fascinating little twists. And this other thing of the, of the Tokyo cult, same issue. I mean, he's able to convert. Now, that's a, it's easy. It's the reason I brought up, too, because it's very easy to point that to an Eastern religion and say, well, it's not God. Well, guess what? Jim Jones was, according to his followers. So it's not limited to your faith. It's anchored in people's willingness to be told what to do and not think. Cults are a natural progression in society where people don't want to take responsibility and accountability. And it's not, a, it's not something to take lightly. You've heard me refer to this, and I, I'm going to say it very boldly. This worship of President Trump versus seeing him as a president and a man, but the worship of him treads very dangerously on a cult mentality. I respect him as a man. I respect him for what he did as a president, but I am not going to worship him like some holy anointed leader. That's when you start to cross the line. The left is obsessed with the destruction of capitalism, with the obsession and religious worship of environmentalism and the end of the world through global warming or, or climate change. And at the fundamental core of what they believe is the idea that humans are a problem and therefore are worthless. It doesn't matter if they die. The sick part about all of that is much of what you've seen happen here with the COVID injection, which has been more saturated in the liberal and progressive left. There's about 90% saturation or higher. The first injection was close to 95 or 96% to my understanding. The second injection, I think, was somewhere around 70%. And the third injection, I think, is still sitting, hovering up there somewhere between 60 and 70% on the liberal left progressive side. Well, the sick part about that is their leadership understands very well what's going on. This is a suicide pact. And they've led them right down that pathway to do what all cults end up doing, self-terminating. And... This cult is doing everything it can to spread its footprint across the world. It's pushing out atheism with our taxpayer dollars. It's even funding 
pedophile understanding and relationships through our taxpayer dollars. Take a listen to this. Mark Rubio brought this up. Interests were advanced uh, by promoting a film festival in, in Portugal that, that highlighted uh, Minban, which uh, is a film about a 17-year-old boy who has sexual relations with an adult bartender, and Saint Narcisse, uh, which I think is how you pronounce it, which is a film about incestuous twins. Um, how would promoting, which was part of some sort of drag queen film festival in Portugal, how does that advance our national interest and how much taxpayer money was spent putting on this film festival? Thank you for the question, Senator. I will take it back to get an answer for you. I do not know. You're not familiar with this? Uh, I am not familiar. So you don't, we don't, you don't know how much we spend or how many State Department employees work? You're just not familiar with the topic? I'm not familiar with those films or that festival. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so what do you do when you, you don't want to be found out that you're part of it? You simply lie to Congress and say you don't know. State Department's using our money, taxpayer dollars, to fund pedophile film festivals which again is all about grooming kids. Their whole future, they know that they don't reproduce and to be crass about it. You don't I just and just in case somebody on the left is listening and you're confused, you're not going to reproduce when you have butt sex. Sorry. So in that sense of it, it's we they are looking at the only way they can continue to pro, continue with their progeny, so to speak, is to groom kids. And that's the sick part about what they're doing is they're taking children that were entrusted to parents to steward and to protect as God intended. And they're not doing their job. They're turning them over into these grooming academies known as public schools. And if you're a teacher and you're offended, good. That's what I'm going to answer. Good. Because if you're a teacher in the public schools and you're still there, knowing what we know about public schools, knowing that there's been over 181 teachers and assistants arrested this year for acts of sex against children, that would be called pedophilia. I'm not going to make any excuses for calling out every teacher in the public school for being part and parcel to a cult which sees grooming children as normal. Not acceptable, just so we're clear. This is the world that we're being shaped by because this cult seized power. And the problem with the cult, this is far greater than anything of a political movement. And this is one of the reasons it is so difficult to just remove this group because they become fanatical. Back to that piece we played a bit ago with these people blowing whistles and screaming at a demonstration. They don't want to hear anything, and they will go violent, and because they've been conditioned, they literally have suicidal tendencies, which also means violent tendencies to, to their death to do whatever is needed. I mean, look at the silliness of these people cementing their hands to the ground. The cult keeps people in a state of agitated fear and anger, which merges to hatred. It's more than anger. And in those states, you get an overdwelling, an overburden on your brain of dopamine and adrenaline. We've talked about this. I mean, at the very beginning, we talked about this. And that blinds you because the effects of that is it narrows your view of thinking to a very short term. If you're told in that state of mind and you accepted that the world is going to end, you think the world's going to end tomorrow. That is pretty much the tools of every cult leader. 
And that's how they keep people focused and zeroed in. One of the things that in awakening and of being a pursuer of truth and grounded in the truth, true relationship with Christ is that we aren't intended to sit back and just monolithically follow something off the cliff because someone said so. There is a temperance that should be settling into the soul where we start to be able to look at problems objectively, ask questions, even difficult questions, and not being afraid to get answers. But when you're in a cult, you don't want to hear anything else. You don't want to hear any negativity. You don't want to hear any opposition. You don't want to hear anything that shatters or changes or challenges the perspective in which you hold. So you work overtime to suppress that view. Kind of like our support for Ukraine. Take a listen to this with Tucker. Administration, we have sent billions to Ukraine to protect their borders, even as we have opened our own to the world. Why are we doing this exactly? Well, as Joe Biden has told us repeatedly, doing his Winston Churchill imitation, we're doing it to protect democracy. But of course, the irony here is Ukraine is not a democracy in any recognizable sense. The Ukrainian government has banned media outlets that are hostile to it. They've also shut down opposition parties. They arrested the main opposition leader. That's a democracy. So because we allowed that to happen, in fact, we funded it all, now the Ukrainian government has decided that they can impose censorship in our country. The Ukrainian government has issued a blacklist of so-called Russian propagandists, Americans. That list includes Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, Tulsi Gabbard, who's serving in the U.S. military, and Glenn Greenwald, among many others. So we thought we'd speak to a couple of them. Starting off tonight, Glenn Greenwald, he's an independent journalist, his work is on Substack, among other places. Glenn, thanks so much for coming on. So you're, you're being blacklisted by the Ukrainian government, which is a beacon of democracy. Tell us how this works. Yeah, I mean, I thought President Zelensky had a word to run. Apparently, he has a lot of time to watch the Morning Joe show on MSNBC, where they sit around for hours accusing everybody they want to discredit of being a Kremlin agent and teaching American liberals how to do the same. You know, it's easy to mock, but it's actually quite outrageous, Tucker. The Ukrainians have a conflict with this neighboring country in Russia. They're totally free to pursue whatever war policies they want. They yes, can fight Russia for the next 10 years if they choose. But that's not what they're doing. They're begging and, in a sense, demanding that other countries countries, including my own, the United States, provide them with a seemingly endless supply of weapons and money, which means we not only have the right, but the obligation to debate that and ask whether that's in the interest of the American people to do. And so for Zelensky to essentially try and export the repression he's imposed in his own country here to the United States by shutting down debate and accusing those of us asking questions of being Kremlin agents or Russian propagandists is takes incredible gall while he's also demanding that we turn over all our money and weapons to him at the same time. This is the guy George W. Bush described as the George Washington of our age. I haven't heard really anybody in Washington say a single word about this. Yeah, I mean, you know, from the beginning, as you know, as as well as anybody, Tucker, there was a very concerted effort to eliminate all space to ask any questions. Anyone who asked the question of whether we should do more to prevent the war diplomatically, like Tulsi Gabbard, or whether we should risk our own money and our and a potential nuclear exchange with Russia over Ukrainian border disputes, got called a Kremlin agent or a Russian asset. And this is the strategy that they're using to try and prevent us in the United States from exercising our freedom to debate what role our government should play in that war. Exactly. In the name of democracy, they shut it down. Glenn Greenwald, thank you so much for that. Actually, in the name of the cult. The cult headquarters is in Ukraine. 
That's the Kazarian Mafia. So this is where everything hubs out of, and it's where this administration takes its orders from. So we are watching the cult give directives to its subordinate agents because what's in Ukraine is the hub of all evil. It's where you have the all the headquarters, you have all the offices for all the pharmaceutical companies. You had 45 or so, 40-plus bioweapons labs. You've had, you have a massive child sex trafficking network. You have baby factories there that are producing babies for adoption, and they're selling those in euros. And many American clients are there. And by the way, just so I say it, Many of their clients are of the LGBTQ community buying babies from Ukraine. I mean, we just go on the insickness of this whole thing. This is how the cult operates. And the cult is operating at full speed right now. It's in the open for everybody to see. To me, that's part of the gift that God's giving us is so it's no longer hidden. But it's a very real issue on how this country is working. Now, the good news is we can defeat it. And arguably, the best way to defeat it is to exodus, which is what we've been talking about so much. You have to step away from their obsession of power and their dictatorial ways. You cannot bow down to their fear and their ways of giving orders. You have to defy rather than comply because the way a cult works ultimately is acceptance and compliance to the directed rules. The first step in their test to see the condition of America, if they were ready to receive the next order, which was the mask, the first test was toilet paper. I still don't know how they triggered that, but all you have to do is look back on the craziness that happened and you start to see the power of the cult to control people in what their desires, fears were. From there, having the media shift focus into Masks and obsession of masks was easy. And so therefore the cult then extended its power to every person who obliged to the mask became part of the cult. Whether or not they stayed there is another question. And each step of the way was an indoctrination into the cult. They already had their core group. All of these, what we've not been able to imagine before is that a government itself was a cult running a country. We actually, if you want to see that happen in a Hollywood film, go back and watch the old Conan with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's literally what we're witnessing now. They had snake rituals and everything else there. Only difference is they didn't have people running around in loincloths, but I'm not sure that's even true because I think some of these elites run around in loincloths on the beach all the time, except they, they call it like women's underwear. Men are wearing women's underwear or something, lingerie. So the cult is is stepped itself in step by step, incrementally. And what happened is that they went from being slowly moving people in from the state of fear over this pandemic. Somewhere in there, like I said, they had the test run of the toilet paper, which was insane to watch. People created a shortage of toilet paper when there never was one. I can't imagine how many garages still are full of TP because I'm sure there's many. And then they brought in the masks and the obsession of masks. And those who wore the mask, a large percentage of them took the shot because they were conditioned. And then the first shot, and each step of the way, people would peel off, but they were deeper into the effects and damage that the cult was bringing. 
And the cult has been self-selecting as it goes along to create a cadre, a core within itself. Their hope was to create a core of 70% of the population. That 70% did happen, but not across all the population. That 70% of obedience to the cult happened within what we call the Democrat Party, which is the progressive left. And I need to make that distinction because there's many in the Democrat Party that left, which is good. But the cult is what we're dealing with. So this political party thing, this is a, a large bit of nonsense. And again, I say this so many times, when you see what's been happening in the elections now, if you didn't see, they had a, the Colorado machines flip the election overnight. It's the same garbage we've been seeing the whole time. And so when you're, I'm hearing this obsession of we're going to win, we're going to have a red wave, we're going to take it all back. I'm, I'm going to use the term, and it's very brutal to say it, but it, it's a cultish behavior to think that you're going to make changes that way when the evidence shows different. I mean, when we look at facts objectively, you can say that, no, you're not going to have a red wave in the fall. When you look at facts objectively, you're going to say, no, it wouldn't be a good idea to have the military seize control. When you look at facts objectively, you can say, if there is a plan, it's the most draconian plan ever developed, and it's not benefiting humanity. If you look at facts objectively, you're going to say that the only solution through this is we the people taking back our nation locally where we can control it and making strong positions in our local community to ensure that these cults get disrupted, broken apart, and ultimately destroyed. And the cults don't sit simply within one political orientation or another. We example is many of the churches around our nation are now embracing this inclusion garbage of LGBTQ. That puts them in a different category. It's not you're not really you're not even left and right anymore. It's the cult versus the people. And most of your politicians are part of the cult. So it's just important perspective to have because it changes the way we see the political and demographics of our nation. And it deeply affects how the culture is going to ever heal itself because we're not going to get to a point where we can simply say, okay, well, it's all better now. We can wash hands and, and call it good when you have people that are so obsessed in the cult that the way they see it is it's their way or they will kill you. Their way or I will kill my, my, my way and if I don't get it or I'll kill myself. I mean, that's, that's the cult extremism. And that's truly where the enemy has built its fortress. Our solution always comes back to local communities and the principles of, of the seven pillars of county by county because it's getting the kids out of the, pro, out of the indoctrination camps. It's empowering people at their home level. It's a, awakening communities on the principle of sowing seeds. And it's weeding out the extremism, which we can't have. We cannot have this extremist behavior. And, of course, what the cult does is it points its finger across the aisle always so that no one will pay attention to them. That's also the behavior of a psychopath, which is something we will, you'll hear a really good discussion about that tomorrow night, and I'll leave that for tomorrow night. All right, patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight just humbled and, and in presence 
very aware of the nature and state of our nation. A place of, of challenge and difficulty that is being run by an obsessive cult that has lost its value in who they are and their relationship with you. So, Father, we pray for this nation. We pray for the healing of this nation, but we pray for the mercy on this nation. And for those that are walking in that place of broken views of themselves and a broken and shattered morality, a sense that humanity is needs to be exterminated or whatever else is running through their head, we just pray for them. Pray for their opportunity to find and meet Jesus, to be awakened and to rise up and to, to leave that space of demoralized living, to let go of the anger and hate that is artificially created and generated, to see clearly not as divisive, but as how much more in common we have, though we may not agree on all things, to walk away from the belief systems that constantly tell them to hate and to, to only trust in institutions of men. Guide us in these times. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It's a real challenge for our nation. And it isn't going to go away quickly. It's going to take a generation or two before this is weeded out. But what has to happen is there has to be attained a high ground of truth. And to get there is a hard climb. And to get there, it's not going to be easy because people don't like to hear truth. We've seen that. And part of the reason they don't want to hear truth is, again, it disrupts their framework of balance in the world that they have been put into and that they've accepted. It's an unreal world, but it's a world that, they will, that their bodies will protect and defend, their minds will protect and defend, because if you pull the pin on that, it's like Jenga. I mean, the whole house of cards comes, or the whole pile of sticks comes tumbling down. That's what you're dealing with. And quite frankly, I think we've dealt with it some on both sides. I don't think it's limited to just the progressive or extreme left. I think it exists within, within the movement of MAGA and Q to a lesser degree because it's not fanatical and crazy and there's still some goodness in there, but it's the obsession of one way of thinking and one way only. And if you're not part of that, then you're out. That's, that's not what we're trying to accomplish here. So there's a lot of challenges ahead, and cult behavior seems to be very native to the way a lot of people think, especially, I think, in America. And a lot of that, which is a far beyond tonight's discussion, we'll dig into it later, but is far, part of that is the, the rooting in faith and the true teachings, and the real relationship, I should say, with Jesus. When you separate from that and you're wandering, and churches are a big part of that failure, Society ends up where we are. The secularism of hell, which is part of what has happened. So we got to keep our prayers strong, and we have to live that walk of faith, not just talk it. And we have to continue to be the examples, the light that people see, because that's the sort of things that people are drawn to that ultimately gives them a way out because they understand where to go. The last thing I think people need to hear constantly, which so many churches do, is that you're a sinner. Oh, no kidding. But we need to be building people up, too, because God doesn't want us to live in the pit of hell of constantly believing that we're worthless. He wouldn't waste his time if he thought we were worthless. God wants us to be humble. He wants us to seek 
repentance for our sins, but he also wants us to stand and be stronger. And that's the message somehow we've got to get to so many of these people that have been disenfranchised and have been attracted and sucked into this cult. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. But we got to keep our prayers up for this nation. Prayers for mercy and prayers for healing. In the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you this evening for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs>